When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Browns went into Denver, settled in, got to the game, and then promptly pooped their pants. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome to another edition of What the Elf Was That. We are going to discuss the recent loss to the Denver Broncos. God, I hate that team. I mean, they have a coach that like has been suspended for a year because he paid players to hurt people. That was on pure pure display this week as I watched DTR take a helmet. Mari Cooper took a helmet. I mean, come on. They've already got one player suspended for headhunting. They should probably have two more, but you know, this is the NFL, and you know, nobody really wants to talk about how Sean Payton was suspended for paying players to hurt other players we just kind of give him the pass we just push that buck on to to greg williams but nonetheless here we are so you guys i'm assuming it all saw the game last week that terrifying loss uh where the browns somehow forgot how to play the basic fundamentals of football like stay on sides the referees forgot how to referee a game clearly calling miles garrett for encroachment when like you can go into the neutral zone and come back. But apparently because nobody moved on the offensive line and he jumped in and jumped back, they're going to call a penalty on him. That's not a penalty people. That's not a penalty. But anyway, the the Browns lost and I hate losing to 
to the Denver Broncos. It just it just it brings up older, worse memories for me to to lose to the Denver Broncos. Some of you guys out there may be too young to to understand that, but like I lived through the eighties. I, I just I can't. I mean, they can't. I can't. I can't. So winter is coming, and if you those of you who are watching get to see my Browns winter hat. And you've noticed that I've grown a beard in for the winter season because I live in Ohio and it gets cold and it's been uncharacteristically cold so far. So hopefully it gets back to normal Ohio weather, but man, it's been cold. Not a good weekend for Ohio football. I think you all know what I'm talking about. And it's not the Bengals losing that I'm talking about. Not a good weekend for Ohio football, but I digress. So the Browns lost. What do we need to talk about the Browns lost? So if you go on Twitter, this is my favorite thing to do is go on Twitter. And people are already ready to fire Kevin Stefanski. They, they're they ready to like critique every bit of play calling, trying to figure out what elf is going on with Kevin Stefanski. But the reality is the Browns showed up and they pooped their pants. They didn't play fundamental football. They turned the ball over. They The defense was on the field a lot and therefore gave up yards, gave up points doing what defenses do. Half the reason the defense is as good as it is and has been has been because there's been an offense that's been able to eat up time. And the Browns have not been able to eat up time, at least in the last game, been able to eat up time for whatever reason. They're not able to move the ball, drive it down the field. Now this past game, people say, Oh my gosh, But I'm going to remind you, the Browns were at one point within one score and could have uh, taken control of this game. They were moving the ball with DTR. They were getting the offense going. And then DTR takes a vicious shot that Mark Sanchez thinks was a legal hit. By the way, speaking of people taking a vicious shot, did you see Mark Sanchez on TV? Oh, my God. That dude looked like he got hit by a New York subway. I mean, uh, like, like, seriously, like. Some subway train hit that dude. His hair is all a freaking mess. He like looks like he's like faces drooping and like he's got some kind of disease. Like, how do they put this guy on television? Like, he looks like he's had a stroke, and it's it's not. He just looks really. This guy has not aged well. He has not aged, and clearly his mind has not aged well. If he thinks that that hit on DTR wasn't a purposeful head hunting, I mean, like my God, linebacker lifted out of these out of the air and led with his helmet at DTR and the guy got took a shot on his chin and got b- busted lip off of it so clearly he's looking to hurt somebody and and I think Sanchez maybe it's too many butt fumbles what this guy has clearly let himself go and he looks absolutely awful and the good news for you Browns fans is Mark Sanchez We'll be calling the Rams game this next week. So we get to hear more of this moron tell us stuff that like, like how do people like Mark Sanchez play quarterback in the NFL? Like how does he even get a second contract? Like what is the state of NFL quarterbacks that this guy who clearly doesn't know much about football, who clearly looks like his life is being drained from him. I don't know what he's doing, but he looks like hell. I mean, just total hell. All right, maybe he needs to take some like nutrition classes or something. I don't know what the heck's going on with that dude. He looks like hell and he sounds like hell. And 
I want to put him through hell after some of the stupid stuff that comes out of his mouth. Anyway, Mark Sanchez doesn't think this is a, a vicious hit. I'm going to remind you all again. Sean Payton was suspended by the NFL for an entire season because he paid players to hurt people. And I know the narrative out there was that it was all Greg Williams and somehow the buck gets passed to him. But if Sean Payton didn't know what was going on and wasn't complicit in the situation, he wouldn't have been suspended. Period. So just, this is who they are. And they currently have players suspended for headhunting, and I'm hoping they'll have more after this game. But in the meantime, that leaves the Browns with, like, everybody on the roster with either concussion protocol or injured. Miles Garrett stated that he felt or he heard something pop in his arm. Now, x-rays have shown or MRIs, whatever they do to these people. I'm not a a medical doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be a medical doctor. Says he doesn't have structural damage, which I'm assuming is a good thing because if there are structural damage, this could be another long, long issue. You've got Dorian Thompson Robinson in concussion protocol. You got Amari Cooper with a rib injury when he took a helmet to his ribs. The player led with his helmet into his ribs. But that again, according to Mark Sanchez, who looks like hell, was a clean shot. So I'd like to personally put some clean shots on Mark Sanchez. Not dirty shots, just clean shots by his definition of clean shot. I would like to be able to do that to Mark Sanchez after listening to him. I don't know what that was called. If that was announcing or what, I'm digressing again. Jordan Elliott apparently has an ankle injury. Um, I want to, again, jump back on Jordan Elliott. I really thought he was the winner of the NFL draft. Um, I think he has shown up and played football pretty well. Um, He's been a liability for a long time, and now he's a solid player. And I bet he gets a second contract from somebody. I I would prefer to be the Cleveland Browns, but I'm guessing because – Siaka Ika is in town. That will not happen. Um, maybe they keep Maurice Hurst. I don't know, but I'd like to see Jordan Elliott come back in a second contract. You got people on Twitter upset that Kevin Stefanski and his play calling. See, guys, this is what's going on, right? You got a loss. You got to find somebody to blame because that's what the dumb mentality is. is we got to blame somebody. And so people have decided that Kevin Stefanski is the guy to blame. Why not? He's the head coach, right? But what are you going to do if you're in his spot, right? You've lost. You're starting right tackle. You're starting left tackle. You're starting running back. you got already got one wide receiver in concussion protocol. You've got your backup quarterback. Then he gets hurt. People are going to panic. So what Stefanski does, and this is where I'm going to rightly critique Stefanski, what Stefanski does is he likes to throw the ball all over the yard. Okay. But now the DTR is out. He can't throw the ball over the yard when you should have just been attempting more running plays than you were. Now, maybe not because Denver was stacking the box. And when you're stacking the box, you're going to get one-on-one matchups on your wide receiver situation or favorable matchups with your wide receiver leading to good passing situations. So, Credit Stefanski for trying to take advantage of the passing situation that was handed to him. Now, you still need to run the football. (laughs) You still need to run. I mean, I get it, but you still need to run the football. And Jerome Ford has made some 
tremendous strides in the last two weeks. It's like he went out and had replacement eye surgery and took out these old eyes that couldn't see anything and is now hitting the hole. Give him the ball. Give Kareem Hunt the ball. But more importantly, give Jerome Ford the ball. Let him run the ball. He can actually see where the heck he's going. He's given up on trying to run everything outside. Give him the ball. But this is Stefanski, and we knew this coming in, that his play calling is let's throw, 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 and then run if we have to. So that's what he does. And then once P.J. Walker came in, it's clear that Stefanski has no faith in P.J. Walker because they loaded the, the Broncos loaded the box. Stefanski says, okay, we're not going to be able to run against the box, but I don't trust P.J. Walker to throw the ball, so let's run some loop-de-loop, end-around, run-it-through-the-tunnel, whatever play he wants to run. I hate those end-around plays. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. But they were invented by Paul Brown, and Paul Brown made them famous, okay? So I get it. I kind of get it. It makes sense if you have a, somebody that's an over-aggressive defense stacking the box, running some misdirection is going to help you. Okay, so I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, at some point, if you your coaching, your play calling is not going to win you the game. Okay, players are going to win you the game, not play calls. Play calls are not going to lose you the game. Players are going to lose the game. Coaches don't win the game. Coaches don't lose the game. Coaches coach the game. Players play the game. Players win the game. Players lose the game. And kickers, more than anybody, loses football games. Okay? If you want to blame anybody, blame the damn kicker because they deserve it. They're not really football players anyway. So everybody's complained about the play calling. What was the guy supposed to do? Okay, if he's out there throwing the ball all over the yard and it goes nowhere, everybody's complaining he should run the ball. If the ball, if the uh, Broncos are stacking the box and he's running the ball into an eight, nine-man box and it goes nowhere, then you're like, why didn't he run the ball? Why didn't he throw the ball? I mean, he, the guy can't win for you guys at all. I mean, Stefanski's doing what he thinks he needs to do to put his team in position to win a football game. If you can't throw the ball, because you got PJ Walker and the running game is being stuffed up by an eight man box with a fast over pursuing defense. Your only recourse is gimmick or trick plays. And that's what Stefanski tried to do. So you can label me a Stefanski, whatever, like I'm defending his play calling. I'm really not. I mean, the guy tries to throw the ball way too much. I mean, he really does. I mean, I, I wrote an article for Dog Pound Daily back when Stefanski was hired was that Stefanski is going to come out and throw the ball all over the yard and he's going to need to be reined in by somebody. And if he's the head coach, nobody's going to rein him in. And we're going to have this problem <laughs> of just trying to throw the ball all the time to to run your offense. And it kind of we saw it again in Denver. So it is who it, it is, what it is. He is who he is with the quarterback situation coming up. We may see more of this trickery trickery dickery doc stuff all next week and then you guys are really going to be mad so speaking of getting mad let's go to our commercial break and at the the other side of the break let's have a conversation about more injuries and who the heck is going to play quarterback and do you think mark sanchez will let me legally hit him hang on 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everybody, we're back. And I'm, I'm pretty serious about this. I'd like to suit up and take a running shot at Mark Sanchez and deliver a quote-unquote legal hit on him just to see what he does, right? I can lower my helmet, lead with a crown on my helmet, right into the, the base of his helmet, underneath his face mask and chin area, just like he says it's legal. I'll, I'll deliver that hit. I'm not a slouch. I may be almost 50, but I can put a pretty good hit on still. I'm not that out of shape. I'm not that weak. I can put a good hit on Mark Sanchez. Besides, I think Mark Sanchez, I'm going to beat this like a dead drum. I think Mark Sanchez has seen one too many hits in his day. I mean, he looks like a freaking mess. So the the heading into last well, last week's game was a disaster. Pretty much everybody's injured. But the Browns facing the Rams next week have a bigger question to ask. They are now forced to make a decision with the team in an array of issues that it has. Throwing the ball, not running the ball, having teams stack the box with eight-man players, eight-man boxes constantly putting the defense in bad positions with turnovers. You're looking at starting your fourth potentially quarterback this year um, if Joe Flacco is is really an option, right? The Browns seem like they're going to be in a mess. So that's going to lead to a lot of game plan questions, which it's Tuesday, man. You've got to have a game plan ready. And you can't have this, we're going to have this game plan for DTR if he's ready to go because I can't think of the last time DTR anybody went into concussion protocol and played the next week. I mean, it's rarely happened. So the Browns have to decide who they're starting. Are they starting PJ Walker, who Stefanski clearly does not trust to throw the football? <laughs> okay. And when he's in there, teams are going to stack the box in the eight man boxes, and they're going to see more of these idiotic end arounds. Or we're going to see PJ Walker throwing up lame ducks and almost getting himself intercepted. We know. We know who DT or uh, PJ Walker is. We just know who he is, right? The Browns are seven and four. If they can get three wins, they're probably going to make the playoffs. So the question coming into, into Los Angeles is who's the best quarterback out there that can hand the ball off and help you win a football game? All right. Is it PJ Walker or is it Joe Flacco? And at this point, it's like, the choice between three weeks in hell or three weeks in hell. I mean, there's not much of a choice here. And I'm not saying that because Flacco's a terrible quarterback, which he is, but what I'm really saying is he's not ready. He doesn't have the footwork down. He doesn't know the passing routes. He doesn't know the reads. He doesn't know the keys. He may have familiarity with the offense, but he's not in a position to run the Brown-specific 2023 iteration of that offense. So you really can't throw him out there and expect to have a full game plan to be able to play against the Rams. You can't throw a P.J. Walker out there and expect to have a full game plan because P.J. Walker is just garbage, 
All right. You can't bring in somebody new because they don't know the offense. You're really stuck. I mean, getting your quarterback hurt. If, if Deshaun Watson was still playing and healthy, this would be a completely different football team, which is why you pay Deshaun Watson what you pay him because he transforms that offense from what it is now to a top of the NFL offense. So these, these games should teach you exactly who Deshaun Watson is and why you gave up picks for him and why he's worth the money that he makes. But I digress. So we're now stuck. You take the crap in hand number one or the crap in hand number two. Either way, it's crap. One crap is old, slow crap, but can throw the ball. The other crap is potentially a dual threat crap, but can't throw the ball. I, I don't I don't I don't know what you do here. But regardless, you're going to Los Angeles and you're gonna be playing the Rams. And by the way, the Rams are basically the current iteration of the Browns mirrored right you've got not so great quarterback play you've got a running game that's struggling although the Browns running game just needs to be called more than anything right you got an offense that's not really putting up maybe 20 points a game you got the Browns who are putting up maybe 20 points a game the advantage in that situation has to go to the Rams because they're able they have a better quarterback they have a better situation in terms of like putting an offense together that can sustain a drive better than the Browns can the defense. I mean, the Browns give up way less yardage on defense than the Rams do, which means, you know, the Browns offense has been on the field more, but that was an offense that could actually move the football and could actually score points. So the defense is going to be on the field more against the Rams. The Rams are going to be able to tire them out. And before the season is over, this tremendous defense we have is going to regress to the middle is what it's going to do because they're not going to have the quarterback play to sustain it at a high level. So as the Browns defense regresses back toward the mean uh, because of the offensive play, teams are going to be gaining more yards on them. Teams are going to be able to do more against them. And the Broncos have pointed out that, hey, we can run the football up the middle on the Browns or we can scheme a particular way against the Browns. You better believe the Rams know they're going to be doing that stuff. So the scheme's going to have to change or at least adapt to see what's happening here. But I have good news for you, okay? Look, the Rams are having a terrible season. They don't really have much to play for. They're in a division with the San Francisco 49ers, okay? So they're – I mean, they, they may have just walked up and quit. So the good news for the Browns is you can come and punch this team in the face if you can punch them in the face, you're probably going to be successful. So you're going to have to come out and play the, like you're at the play trestle ball. For those of you who remember Jim Trestle, you're going to play trestle ball. You have to understand that your team is a defensive team. It is not an offensive team. You need to run the football, keep the chains moving, protect your defense. Okay, this is how the Ravens won with Joe Flacco. <laughs> okay, so they won with Joe Flacco. Right, you you run, 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 pound, get first downs, quick passes to get first downs, keep the offense on the field. Scoring does not have to be the objective of every drive. 
the objective of every drive is to get one, two, three, maybe four first downs and use five, six minutes of the clock. Kick a field goal. Let your defense be nice and rested. Come out, play their game, and then do that again. Just sustain drives. And if the Browns can sustain drives, and I think they can this week, they could beat the Rams. The question just is, which play calling Stefanski is going to show up? We're going to have the let's throw the ball over the yard. Are we going to have the let's run a whole bunch of trick plays? If you're just going to start running the offense as the offense and minimize the need for your quarterback to throw the ball, the Browns are going to have a chance. So really what needs to happen is Kevin Stefanski, who's a really good coach, who everyone should be thrilled to have. There will someday be a statue of this guy outside the stadium. Just play like you don't have an offense because in reality you don't have an offense. You just don't have an offense. Thank you for listening to the what the elf was that podcast. Please like subscribe and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at the left guard. Merry Christmas, y'all!